and welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, and that's Matt. Hey, Matt, can't hurry something so complete. Took time like duck con feet. Hey, Ryan, I, I mean, I just understand rap. Like, like it's inside of me. <laughs> old school, old school. Like, I, I so respect it. It says Tupac on my shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's why we're that's why we're here with you. That's why you are here today because of your understanding, <laughs> my deep of understanding rap. of rap. Perhaps even a level that could be called genius. Uh, <laughs> but, but we're not alone. Just for just in case we brought some reinforcements, uh, in case things get a little punk, we brought TFT punk correspondent Rachel D. Rachel, I ain't trying to be a halibut in this small pond. I do it for the love. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean. Unless you're trying to pay me. <laughs> I think you guys both picked the same kind of things. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think like, we did. Right, yeah, the, you guys, uh, Matt and Rachel both picked um, uh, spoken word excerpts from my contribution to this scam, if I, if I remember correctly, um, which is the uh, first track or the first kind of song, second track on Everything's Fine, um, the 2018 collaborative album uh, released in March by Jean Grey and Quell Chris. Um, and this is uh, this is. A great album. <laughs> that that is the first thing I want to say about this. Um, this is a great album by kind of two luminaries of um, of, of experimental hip hop um, who are a, um, a creative partnership and who are are married, um, who are a romantic partnership. Um, and it is a it. Is, I mean, you can all you need to do is kind of look at their like kind of deliberately awkward, like kind of substitute school teacher headshot um, photo to know that this is definitely a concept album. <laughs> um, and that this is definitely a, um, a, a experimental jazz rap album that speaks to these times. Um, <laughs> oh, you, you, you took my question. You took my question. <laughs> in case you were wondering, this album is experimental and it does, uh, it is jazz rap and it does speak to these times. Um, and, and in case you're noticing a theme, um, it's, you know, now more than ever, music is speaking to these times. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, yeah, it could be called like, uh, it could be called to, to half-heartedly mock a butterfly. <laughs> yeah, uh, unpack that a little bit. <laughs> well, it's just, I mean, just in terms of the jazz, I don't know. I, sonically, I, I'm not sure that's actually a, the best comparison because, like, the live jazz uh, on To Pimp a Butterfly, the actual kind of band sound, there's almost a more, like, old Kanye soul sample kind of sound mm -hmm. in, in a lot of parts on on uh, this this album. So I guess this album is actually more like Watch the Throne Be devour Devoured in the Fires of Late Capitalism, right? Um, but the, the, the idea of like, I don't know, the, the social protest or the kind of the social, I don't know, I want to talk about the social engagement. I have, I have a lot more to say about it, but the, yeah. the, the rather than um, dealing in a, in a sophisticated and sincere way, the way Kendrick does, this def deals in a sophisticated and highly ironic way. Yeah. I think even sort of the half-heartedness is, is part of the, the ironic stance um, of the album, because not caring and caring are, are, you know, that continuum is one of the things that's sort of problematized on, uh, on this record. 
Yeah, um, and, and I think that, that there is a lot of interesting kind of sonics on this album because I think that in addition to kind of some of the soul samples and some of the live jazz, I think it also kind of reaches back to a jazziness of early 90s, right? So another kind of way of, of having it uh, work is kind of... Um, fucked, right? Like, right? Like, um, uh, or and, and then also, I think in the way though that the samples are constructed, um, both in terms of the kind of soul and jazz samples, and especially the kind of vocal samples of kind of either the vocal samples or the also the appearances um, from a number of comedians like John Hodgman and Nick Offerman, um, that. Huge, uh, huge hip hop aficionados. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's just like you know, you got to get them. You got to get those are the two guest appearances you have to have on every rap album in oh twenty eighteen. It's like, right, exactly. That's Hodgman. Hodgman is the Andre three thousand of, of twenty eighteen, right? I, I was just like, it's. It, it, I, I just imagine like the like it's like the uh, it's it's you know indie rap Migo indie rap comedy Migos is Hannibal Burris, <laughs> John, John Hodgman. Uh, and Nick Offerman, right? Um, and uh, but I think that in the way those kind of spoken word samples and some of the skits are, it also kind of occupies a place kind of um, adjacent to Doctor Octagon and also the um, Deltron Thirty Thirty, right? The kind of um, late '90s kind of dystopian future jazz rap. Um, so there's there's kind of a there's a lot of um, other influences. And Rachel, I mean, how did this album strike you? I mean, I remember I introduced it to you with great caution because, as as we know in this program, you are our discerning punk correspondent, and uh, and and so in time. There will be oftentimes I will put something on our um, on on the speakers at home and you'll and you'll say what is this and and but the, the question is is uh, not necessarily informational but is also judgmental <laughs> like what is this bullshit and so I think I, I I framed this I don't often frame things I don't always but I say I have encountered Rachel I've inquired I, I, I encountered a very intriguing musical project <laughs> uh, uh, and a a interesting and challenging project because I think at that after our first few listens I also was like I don't know if I like bang this right like um it's like especially because like the the sound collaginess struck me the kinds of especially um the first song like my contribution to this scam is very spare there are a lot of kind of characters that are being done mm -hmm. um and so it was hard to kind of get a sense of kind of groove or kind of songness um but I I know I played it and at first uh, so what were your first impressions and also your impressions as we um, went on. Yeah, I think my my very, very first impression was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to necessarily be the kind of thing I like because it sounded very like um, like mad villainy to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't really like love that that production. It just there's so many like samples that were like kind of like um, oddball samples and like the spareness of it. It has a lot of those voices going like that. It's like it's yeah. like it, it's like the um, Wu Tang um, like kung fu movie samples taking over an entire album, kind of. A little bit, is yeah. What you fear, right? is what, yeah, and I so it sounded a little bit like that to me, and I, I was kind of not, you know, it was very spare, right? Like definitely, um, I definitely agree that it didn't immediately seem like an album. I was gonna be like, oh, I really like. You know, it wasn't immediately like I was bopping my head immediately. Like, it's very spare. The beats are 
are like are, are interesting and like the flows are are very like you know they they like I think it's like the the rapping um is like really interesting because I think it kind of both like goes and like with and against the the beat in like very different and interesting ways which also makes it sort of like not like immediately super accessible but then as I as we played it again and again I I kind of started like really taking to it. And then I started really appreciating how like a lot of the songs that like on the first listen sounded so kind of spare um, or like kind of like um, not like immediately like there's like a, a song structure there that I was following. I started to see like the song structures and I started to like really be impressed with how like the songs would like very subtly build like tension and like built like a, these very like there's a lot of like subtle subtle things being done on some of these, like even on my contribution to this scam, like I am like, Oh, this song is really building in like an interesting way. And I, I don't think I like heard it on the first listen. Um, so in general, it really grew on me. And then as I listened more and more, I just, I started like just some of the songs have such awesome beats, like just like really, really, really good beats. Like I, like they get in my head, like, you know, I'll, I'll have like the melodic hook from the, from the sample in my head. And it's, you know, I, I definitely, I think once I got to that point, I'm like, Oh, okay. I really like this. This is very, I, this is definitely up my alley. Um, even if I initially thought it would not be. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, there's something about that is both kind of alienating and inviting Mm -hmm. at the same time. (laughs) Um, right. So it's, uh, that, and, and I think that that is a part of the project, right. That it is kind of, there is a kind of, noise element to it but like whereas kind of other noise rap like um death grips is really just about pummeling you this is about kind of a different i I think a different kind of provocation it's about provoking Um, yeah exactly it's about provoking you not necessarily not necessarily it's it's looking for a rise it's not looking for submission right and a lot of like a lot of sort of punk style a lot of that like super aggro like uh pummeling kind of move is is looking for submission right like is kind of looking for you to give over and the way the kind of the way that it gets at its radical politics of of equality and like you know sort of sympathy for the downtrodden is by treading everyone down you know that that is interesting Right. Is that it, it's I mean, it makes me think of two things, uh, two acts I've seen live. One is when we saw um, Guar live in, in college. Odorous right? <laughs> Arungus said every, they, they take the stage and everyone cheers. Uh, and Odorous Arungus in his great costume says, if I wanted your approval, I'd beat it out of you. Right? <laughs> um, and then and then also reminds me of seeing Death Grips live at Riot Fest. And the, their whole thing was it was like heavily backlit so you could not see like the members of the band were just these shadowy figures and it was i mean this is a you know riot fest is a punk and metal oriented music festival that featured like 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 rob zombie and uh and the misfits and um slater kinney and like lots of objectively loud bands and this was like the the, loudest thing i've ever heard it was it was it was just like there was like some type of noise based bomb was being. No, like, <laughs> like, no, I mean, it like it could drown Chicago with noise. Like it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Like just like, the way they were like just shrouded in the in dark, darkness yeah. in darkness. 
it was so like it was awesome. It was such a what a fuck you cool move. What a yeah. like anti. What a like kind of weird like uh, I don't know like actually kind of non ego move. Uh, you know non ego driven move, and then. Yeah, and then the, it was so loud. I like there was no earplug that could like prevent <laughs> your that could prevent your ears from being damaged by deaf grips. Right, but the, the, so it's like interesting that this is like also an interesting way to a mode of provocation, right? So you can be provoked, <laughs> but also invited, right, and kind of engaged. And and I think that that's also welcome because like you look, death grips is great, but like you can't death grips every day, right? Um, and so so that for some of those other days, uh, when when you want some provocation but not not complete submission, um, then maybe everything is fine. Uh, might be for you. So uh, if uh, if this appeals or at least uh, provokes or or uh, engages you, then um, give a listen to Everything's Fine. It's on all the streaming services. It's about an hour in length, so it's kind of longer for these days, and it's a, a cohesive listen. So kind of buckle in, give it give it a couple if you can, because I think it takes a few to kind of get a sense of the rhythm, understand kind of how the skits and spoken word pieces fit in. And meet us back here to dive in after this word from our commercial sponsors. Do you have a carefully curated identity, but no way to tell everybody about it? Oh, my God. I definitely do. I take a lot of care and pride in my identity, but I have no platform for it. I know. Are you a uh, like, say, a Starbucks barista or something like that, but an aspiring fitness model? Yes, I am. It's so funny you mentioned that. I I take a lot of care and pride in in like really treating my body right, but then also understanding that wellness is not just about uh physical appearances. It's it's a, like a whole integrative approach to life. Well, if you're down with the spawn con, why not put all your con up on Instagram? <sighs> There's a platform for other like-minded individuals like me where I could connect with so many like-minded community members about wellness, fitness, and beauty. You can connect with wellness, fitness, beauty, fitspo, fit fam, winning, crushing it, rise and grind, best life, no pain, no gain, sweat, and more through our hashtag driven social media success theater platform. Wait a minute, this just sounds like Facebook. <laughs> oh no, it's not like Facebook at all. On Facebook, everyone's having political arguments and getting into all kinds of stuff, and Cambridge Analytica steals your data. Instagram has nothing to do with Facebook at all. It's a happy place where we post square photos of the food we eat, where we put videos of our dogs running back and forth, where we jump up and down on something and make a boomerang of it. Hashtag best life. Oh, finally, a place where I can showcase my daily yoga practice and connect with other people about the the best vegan brownie recipes. I'm. I don't know if I'm sold. I, this seems a lot like Facebook, <laughs> like, Instagram. I, I, hey, wait! You're just talking Instagram. Wait, 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 I don't Instagram. like this. I don't like this at all. Hashtag hey. Yogi T. Hashtag SpawnCon. Hashtag Humble. Hello? 
Hashtag grateful. Hashtag so blessed. Where where do my real thoughts go? Go, 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 go. And we're back. <laughs> wow, that was terrible. That's like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan and Rachel, I have a question. We, yeah. we, we, we receive and await your question. Because <laughs> you took mine from before. I'm just going to have to fall back on this and go with this. Uh, you guys, is everything fine? Yeah, that that was my question for you as well. Yeah. Matt, is, is everything fine? My answer is is everything fine? <laughs> is I mean, this is one um you know in uh in acting school when I was learning dialects, there's a great sentence um for teaching emphasis in different accents because you can do uh uh, you you can emphasize each word and it changes the meaning of the sentence. Uh, and the sentence is, I hope you don't go home alone. So I hope you don't go home alone. Uh, I hope you don't go home alone. I hope you don't go home alone. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you don't go home alone. I, I hope you don't go home alone. I hope you don't go home alone. Right? Like, that's... I hope you don't go home alone. (laughs) That's what I say every time I start watching Home Alone. It's like, I hope you don't go home alone. (laughs) That's what I... Yeah, that's... And and by that I mean, right, when I say that I mean, like, stir crazy in your house so that you concoct elaborate, like, scenarios to to chase robbers away. (laughs) So that's... I mean, that's that's funny, right? Like, home alone is a word like fine... Yeah. Right. That means like 50 or 60 different things, depending on, on who the per- who the person is. And my point was that this title is exactly like that. Right. Like right. everything, uh, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Or is everything fine? Is everything fine? Is everything fine? You know. Like it, depending on it, it kind of allows for a lot of different emphasis. And I feel like one of the, uh, like one of the very cool things on this album is kind of, there's this sort of negative capability, right? Like there, there is a, a willingness to let tensions, um, exist rather than trying to resolve them, right? Like ra- rather than reaching for a definitive answer, uh, you know, a sort of social movement or program that we can all get behind, you know, or even a, a coherent critique that we can yeah. all line yeah. up behind. It's like, like it's a little bit like well look we know that x y or z is fucked but you know we're benefiting from it so really what right do we have to you know what i mean unless you're you know unless you're willing to burn your social media accounts right like unless you're willing to um i don't know lower your standard of living right like maybe five or six notches down towards subsistence uh so that you know so that we in the developing world can like meet in the middle somewhere right like uh really the the you know the life you live is is unsustainable across any number of axes um social it's fine everything is fine right (laughs) exactly exactly and that this and so that this the idea that there is this kind of like indeterminate uh this indeterminate album title it's it's really perfect for what the project of the of the record is and and it's really textured in a lot of the ways that a lot of the the tracks are really textured well, and it's interesting that you choose the word textured because, like, fine is also a word that can describe a texture, right, into a, a, a kind of grain, right? Um, and so that the, there is something, you know, another kind of 
in you know like like in this kind of 50 or 60 um things that fine can mean even beyond kind of a a, a state of being is that there is something about like everything being kind of finely parsed and finely differentiated uh-huh. right uh, like like sand like everything like the album could be everything is sand right, right. um because like everything is 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 just is ground to to into particles um and and atomized right and i think some of that kind of you know that that i get that quality even in kind of gene gray's rapping right which is just it's not exactly always free associative, but there are these kind of leaps of like of between things kind of going A to C or A to A to F or A to Z um, and kind of playing off of rhyme and and kind of double meaning um, and kind of a, a, and, and this is this kind of like. I mean, you were talking about Instagram. It's like it is like the mosaic view that, that but if you could like start like zooming out to like everything, <laughs> right? It is everything. Everything fine is everything. Everything is fine, right? Like um, yeah, that's interesting so, yeah. to think about. Like the 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 what the what is that? The transitive property, right? Right. If fine right. is everything, then everything is fine. If if everything is not fine, then fine is not everything. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Rachel, what do you think about the fineness of everything? Yeah, I think, um, no, I think, I think I, I definitely, the idea of like the album living with those tensions is definitely, I think really, um, an appropriate way to describe the project of the album. And I think uh, everything is fine. It, I think it also kind of implies uh, something about like the status quo or something. Right. And I, I think there's almost, um, you know, everything is fine. It, it, everything's fine. It's the thing you say as almost like it's kind of like the it to me is like the social greeting Like you say it regardless yeah. of yeah. whether or not yeah. it is fine, um, almost because it like actually conveys no real meaning. Yeah. It's just kind of like a social um, it's kind of like a social convention and placeholder for like social interaction. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think to me, there's something there about. You know, everything is is fine in some ways. Is about, I think it's there's something there about like this. This is it, the album being about the status quo, always kind of having been like this tense kind of place, or like. Hmm. So in some ways, it's you know getting back to this question of like, is this music for our times? I think there's something about calling the album "Everything Is Fine" to sort of kind of like also question the idea of for these times, hmm. and sort of say like these times have always been these times, right? Like there have always right. been these problems have always been there, right? There has always been these kind of like, um, like you know there's always been like these like you know like racial like tensions right like in in our society right and like i don't know like that like the the kind of things that like trump represents or sort of not are not really new necessarily right well, and, and hip-hop has always been a commercialized sham right right. Like, right like it is like the sense of like you know these complaining about kind of commercialization and kind of non-realness in hip-hop or around race or around uh you know all of this right is yeah right and i think it's like in some ways you know i think i think having the title also be everything is fine to me kind of ties it to this idea of like kind of putting it in the realm of like this is you know questioning sort of like what is and isn't like the status quo 
and sort of what is or isn't, uh, you know, I think like the big the big phrase of of our times has been like, this is not normal. And in some mm. ways, in some ways, it kind of questions like I think it uh, problematizes the question of like or the idea of like this yeah. is not normal or something or it's like wait but normal wasn't good <laughs> right or right like what right like but what it what was normal or what right. it right wait we we've like it's like we've already normalized a lot, a lot of, of bull, a lot of bullshit right, <laughs> right yeah. okay so this is I mean this you've given me the avenue to launch into like the big topic that I had in in reserve wait, so, before, no you, I'm just gonna steamroller everything is fine everything is fine. Nothing to see here. Um, just a, a quick kind of thing on the linguistics of of fineness um, that that uh, is something I observed right and the way it works as a greeting. So um, in uh, something I've noticed in in Kenya is that when I um, I'll, I'll greet people in English, sometimes I'll say hi, and people will just say fine. <laughs> Um, and, and because it's and the way that it works is that in Swahili, one of the greetings is like habarigani, which means like kind of any news. Um, people say like Zuri Sana, which means like roughly everything's good, but it, but it's also kind of everything is fine. And it shows like when it gets kind of translated roughly, you just say hi. And so then people just say fine. <laughs> it's right. like, like, hi. It's like fine. hi, fine, 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 fine. and and that that is also kind of this interesting idea of like and it's it's interesting to think about that the like the 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 assertion of the of fineness precedes an understanding of fineness right Mm -hmm. that like and that like there's a sense of like i mean it is interesting and and it's just kind of off of this of the like how much of the social order depends on like an establishment of fineness, right? <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like there are there are so many times in my life where and, and like I go oh, yeah. back and forth on the appropriateness of this and whether I'm just kind of like being like a selfish person for feeling this way, <laughs> but like where I really don't want to answer that I'm fine, right? When someone asks, I like I do feel like this desire to challenge mm-hmm. the question, like you know what it's like well everything's not fine you know or i'll just say like i have a headache or like i'm this right i will just be i will give a more sort of like honest like appraisal of what i'm feeling and thinking i just always respond to crushing it right? <laughs> just, hey how, how is it crushing it <laughs> and I, I think so i think it's interesting because I, I think I want that, on the one hand i i kind of value you know yeah i agree there is a lot like the social order sort of depends on like this like exception of fineness, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, there's something very punk to saying that you are not fine. <laughs> well, but right. But there's also like, you know, it, like we all know that we're not fine or like we all like at times want to question that. But Matt, I do not mean to stop the, stop the launching of. No, it's fine. Of, uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's like, that's the thing. Like, it's such a great word because it means both, you know, in, in saying I am fine or yeah. it, it's, it's like, uh, it it should be it should mean like uh, it should be exalting right like it's a fine day today or the it is a fine garment made of fine textiles both both like uh small in you know high in thread count because the threads are thin and also like uh also like well made well manufactured right like the fine robes of the king or something but it's also it's also like uh, a way of saying like less than good like how is it it's is it good or is it fine you know right. and that like it's at, it's at a- 
adequate, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's adequate in kind of a passive aggressive way where yes. there's this ulteriority of like saying that it's adequate, but meaning that it's terrible, you know? So like right. saying, how are you? Fine. Fine. So Rachel, I think that like, actually, if you want to be a buzzkill with like answering people's questions, you can say that everything's fine, but you just got to like scowl and kind of spit the word out. Like, like when you have, you know, if you have a headache or something like that, or if you're a little sick that day, it's like, how are you? Fine. You know, fine. That'll, that'll, uh, that's a great way for everybody to keep their jobs. I mean, sometimes I just kind of let out a weird low, like moan. <laughs> like, can, you, can you give us a little demo? Hey, wait, here, here, let's just, hey, hey, Rachel, how you doing today? <sighs> oh, God, you should have a set at Riot Fest. <laughs> yeah, when she's backlit all the time, whenever anybody asks her. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. Like, so here's the thing about this, right? Like that because the the it's clear that things are not fine. I like the this is not normal comparison, right? Like when I what, so when I was thinking about uh, about this record, it struck me is that like when you have a description of a problem, right? There's, there's often a sort of claim about that problem that it's not, or these days it seems like there's a claim that it's not being adequately, um, paid attention to. That doesn't make sense. Let me, let me zoom out. It seems to me like a lot, the, the claim of a lot of, um, social movements that have, that have come to light, uh, recently from, um, you know, sort of uh, a Black Lives Matter and protests about the extrajudicial murder of citizens by the law enforcement officers who are notionally sworn to protect them, uh, or um, Me Too and the revelations of widespread sexual misconduct, is that, like, there has been this oppression and suffering all along, right? That that has been normal, <laughs> you know? And that, that, like um that these stories were squelched they were shoved out of view right they were sort of uh pushed out of the public eye because the dominant culture couldn't sustain sort of really looking at and really understanding the the suffering that it that it was causing and the kind of the the structure of lies and the structure of oppression that that it was it was built on it's almost like it wouldn't compute you know it's it's almost like the rhetorical system would would shut down and part of the work you know um beyond direct action right beyond direct political change a lot of the work in the culture that seems to be going on is telling stories in a way that can include the problems uh that can include the problems that actually have been happening all along are you with me so far like yeah, d- d- it's, okay. fine. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, okay, you're doing, then you're doing, you're doing fine. <laughs> then, then, what do you say with with everything's fine? You know what I mean? Or like the sort of the the like the mentality, the kind of like the 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 mind over matter mentality of like you have to sort of tell the story of justice to bring the justice about, right? Or or something like that. Like what what can you lead with? Because like when when we're when you're talking about recent sort of social uh uh progressive social protest right like 
this the narrativization is, the claim anyways that the narrativization is trailing the the implementation you know this these phenomena have been going on for a long time and only now are the stories kind of coming coming out uh in a different way. So like what in a, in a more, in a more pronounced way, things are coming to light and being shared, uh, in a kind of wider, um, you know, more mainstream, more mainstream kind of way in the mainstream culture being forced to confront certain things about, uh, about itself. Um, that's all to the good, but can you go the other way, right? Like, can you sort of narrativize a, an experience into existence, right? Like to a, to a certain extent, like is everything's fine, not just a sort of sarcastic fuck you. Is there something about it that's, that's mm-hmm. almost a defense mechanism, yeah. you know, that like, uh, haven't you ever been anxious about something or like, you know, been startled? I, yeah, I know, no, no, no. And, and uh, ben, <laughs> you mean every moment of all time? <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, but suppose haven't a, you ever been anxious about something? Like, I'm sorry, what is what's the other option? <laughs> but, but like, like, Ben had something happen, like, heard a loud noise and been all worked up or something like that, and told yourself, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything. Everything's fine, right? Like as a sort of as a as a way of leveraging your capacity to rationalize in order to kind of um, self self soothing in right? order to like, self soothe. Yeah, but it's almost it's self soothing, but it's self soothing between like two people in your depending on your allegory of the soul. It's either like the charioteer soothing the horses, you know what I mean, or like the <laughs> the like the appetitive part of the the the, the rational part of the soul soothing the appetitive part of the soul like or if you're in like a herman's head kind of thing it's like oh i don't know yardley it's also horses it's also but i have a herman like all different horses at different little yeah, control yeah, 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 joysticks yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i'm i'm like herman's head or um or the other uh the the the, the pixar movie but it's all horses and they're yeah. all different kinds it's like they're like like one's a it's the like clydesdale soothing little sebastian is <laughs> is is my is is what happens in my head <laughs> <laughs> and so that so that like the the I think one of the things that's happening here is like we're we're talking about the the philosophically right like we're talking about the relationship between the narrative and the and the lived experience right mm-hmm. we're talking about the the and how how the sort of the slippage between them it it was sort of it was sort of ever thus you know and that like yeah. that it's not just but, but that that the motion between them can go kind of two ways right like you can you can lead the the narrative with experience or you can lead experience with um with the narrative and that you know that sort of works as well yeah I mean, it, it reminds me of something I saw and didn't totally quite understand um, in the Pitchfork review. But right, the the Pitchfork review describes this album uh, or interprets what it's doing as um, as cognitive behavioral therapy, right? And, and I think that that kind of relates a little bit to what you are saying, right? Of this idea of kind. of of leading with the narrative or leading with um and especially like the way that this is i think the the repetition of everything's fine um 
plays a lot of roles on this album and some of them are kind of more ironic and provocative and others are also more of a, a balm or a mantra right um and 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 i think i i think it's it's interesting and you know maybe a way to kind of pivot at least into some more of the music as well is that i think that this is also something that's going on with the music at the level of each individual beat and also the kind of various styles of beats throughout the album, which kind of actually vary a lot. I mean, it's a relatively consistent wheelhouse, but they actually vary um, in terms of kind of the type of instrumentation, um, how kind of melodic versus noisy they are. And so there's a sense of there, I think is a lot of the music that evokes kind of disruption because it's, you know, the beats are changing, they're changing in styles, even themselves. They're, they're not necessarily regular beats. And I think that the rapping itself beyond the content it's the the skill of the rapping and the type of this kind of relates to what rachel was saying early on is that the types of pattern and order that emerge kind of within every song and in the album of a whole is a kind of an exercise in this type of self-soothing or kind of kind of navigation through through these times and 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 that there is a kind of a little bit of you know, through and so it's it's interesting in this way that the idea of kind of uttering, whether out loud or in your mind, a, a you know a mantra to yourself, everything's fine or it's okay. You know, um, and it's you know the, the, another kind of beyond being startled. Sometimes in like very strenuous exercise, like running a race, this is a thing that you know that runners talk about, and I you, you notice also I think um, your oneself if you're like really kind of like doing something that doesn't totally feel fine. Um, um, that the, there, the, this is something that emerges, and I think there's a sense that it's you know, beyond the the content, the um, the rap itself, um, the the act of rapping um, does this. And again, it kind of thinks about the line that I um, quoted from Go, Gold, Purple, Orange of the and and both Call Chris and Jean Grey kind of say this right of this like. Um, you know, can you can't fathom how it's uh, so complete? Take your time, like duck con feet. And I, I feel like that there is a sense of that is like a, I, I don't know. I see that around kind of the craft of rapping, but also kind of the way that that practice of of rap like kind of is part of a it is a a at least an individual act of kind of soothing that then also potentially externalizes socially as well. Hmm. I don't know. And I guess it's there because I think it's important that that is that act of rap is is reclaimed because I think one of the themes on this album is like it, this is one of these albums where like the state of hip hop and the kind of commercialization of hip hop and, and how it intersects with politics and social media is also part of the problem mm-hmm. um, that's being set up. But I, I think that that, you know, if you I think they 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 don't, you know, some other kinds of you know, r- real hip hop, you know, these various kinds of, of, of hip hop that kind of, you know, says hip hop is dead and kind of holds a, tor- a torch for older kinds of r- hip hop. Like, you know, one of the best ways to kind of like, you know, hold a torch for real hip hop, you know, and for real rap is to rap, <laughs> right? And it's to rap very well. Um, and, and kind of, um, and, and to kind of, and I think a lot, this is the case, especially in a lot of Gene Gray's rhymes, but both of them, I mean, I, I tend to see that quote Chris, Chris is tends to have like 
um, a lot more kind of jokey metaphors. Um, even like what well, this is like, like I, I can I, I will have to look some of them up, but a lot of the, the, the kind of illusions and connections of like what he is like are like kind of absurd and far reaching. And, and I think Jean Grey's are a lot more about kind of being kind of both, multifaceted as an individual and kind of virtuosic as a rapper. And, and so they're an interesting kind of team because he's a quote, Chris um, is a lot kind of slower, more deliberate and a little goofier. And, and then she just kind of, and then Jean Grey like knocks it out of the park. Right. And so it creates an interesting um, buddy, uh, buddy dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, I think that's right. I mean, her you can also sort of you can map them and their styles onto the two versions of fine that we talked about, the sort of soothing huh. and the provocative, right? Like yeah. because her like just the kind of the intricacy of the rhyme schemes and you know, a lot of the kind of the density of illusion, it's the like um it's the kind of the the rumination of a mind kind of folding uh, folding in uh, like circling around and folding in on itself mm-hmm. yeah. and kind of, and kind of ruminating and quote Chris's is sort of outward outward focused right like yeah. and more more directly uh more directly confrontational you know and and I think the fact that the the lines are shorter they tend to be end stopped with with rhymes you know um and that, you know, that is part of that because that's the thought, like that's the thought kind of rocketing across to you in yeah. in every line, whereas the Jean Grey rhymes are are sort of circling around, you know? Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know, Rachel, did you have a take? I agree with these things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your contribution to the skin. <laughs> would, you, would you say they're? I mean, would you say they're fine? I mean, I like. I like. Uh, I like the the thought of a contribution to a scam. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That that the idea that like. Um, it's a sort of mutually, it's a kind of like yeah. mu- mutually constituted illusion, right? Yep. And like, it's it, like you are, you will always know that it's bullshit and you will never be free to desist from, you know, from the bullshit, you know, is the, is the way that, that it's going to go down, you know, um, that like, uh, I don't know the, the, the uh the girl the kind of the girl at the end like i i just understand rap like it's like it's inside me and then sort of down the um where's the one the instagram uh the instagram rapper um uh i got my selfie stick because i do it for the gram the flat tummy t because i do it for the brands right i make a rap album because anybody can Right. Like where where, by the way, this whole record kind of stands in in opposition to that statement, because not everybody can 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 do that. Um, you yeah, know, the, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the other line that's kind of connected that that cool Chris raps that kind of connected with me in a lot of ways um, and to an, another album we've discussed is the, uh, in the song. He says, been hip hop since Criss Cross was turning pants around. And I think that there's something about that. That's great because it's like, right, so that's like 92-ish, right, uh, early 90s. And I think it's like realistically um, – and I, I actually don't know 
I don't know Cole Chris's exact age. It's not actually on um, Wikipedia. Uh, it's not on Wikipedia, but it's it's kind of an interesting idea. I mean, because like, and it, regardless of thinking about what that means, it's like you know, early '90s seems like really long ago, right? And especially if you, if you're a millennial, it seems like unfathomable, right? That that crisscross might as well be Eric B and Rakim, right? <laughs> and Rakim, right? Um, because they're they're all kind of fade into that like the the long distance, that kind of like you know the view from New York, New Yorker, or the view from Fifth Avenue, New sure. Yorker cover, right? Yeah. Um and and even as a kind of, you know, um exennial um like like we are, right? That you know really oh, you know, speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay, Captain, yeah you you, you and John Hodgman should, can have fun on your side of the, the <laughs> generational divide um, with your, with your, with your, with your, I don't know, all the things you have. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is actually a perfect conversation for this album because this is exactly the kind of bullshit that's at issue here that we all know is bullshit, but it's still at issue, right? Like, what is it? The Xennials, the Oregon Trail generation, the early millennials, the late millennials, what are the, you know, and the idea that like Mm -hmm. the idea that uh you know it's stupid but you still have to jockey for space in the discourse of marketers because if you don't have that you don't exist this is related to something that that you know um you know, you say from political science only semi semi facetiously sometimes, which is that you know the only thing worse than getting exploited is not getting exploited. Right. You know, <laughs> right? And the only only thing worse than getting marketed to than getting sold, right, is not getting sold. And right, that's because then, uh, yeah. then you don't exist. Then you right. don't exist, right? I mean, that's real nineteen eighty four shit, right? Like it's like um, <laughs> that that uh, it, right? I'm trying to think what it is. It's that like um, advertising is empowerment, right? Like right because it's like well because that is that because you if you're being advertised to you exist um and if you're if you're not being advertised to if you're not a demographic then you're nothing right um that's i mean that's exactly right and in um what is it smoking man i think right like not not to necessarily pivot over to smoking man there's a there, there's a reference to they live right and the glasses that turn amazing grace into obey you know right? And that, it, it, you, know. you gotta love a rap album that that kind of drops in uh, the uh, you know a they live reference, right? Like <laughs> that's our that's our that's an overthinking it uh, album if I've ever seen. One. <laughs> I mean, the idea this is a little bit uh, I, Smoking Man is great because it's sort of um, the 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 range of kind of nefarious doings attributed to the like so the smoking man is a reference to um the cigarette smoking man uh, from the x-files I say x-files yeah right, who exactly. was a yeah. who was a kind of representative of the deep deep state sort of um hey man yeah, the FBI man. <laughs> I think he was beyond that. I think he was just some, you know, I don't know, some weird DOD kind of. I'm pretty sure Andrew McCabe is the cigarette smoking man. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So. <laughs> pretty sure that or maybe maybe it's sean hannity or 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 maybe it's fine maybe it's all fine maybe it's exennials maybe it's the oregon trail generation maybe it's sean hannity maybe it's (laughs) maybe it's robert Mueller. (laughs) 
No, the real the real smoking man is is President Barack Obama, that Kenyan socialist, because he smoked. He was a he was a smoker, and he never saw pictures of that. Did you? Never saw that. It's a scam. The fix is in. You know mm-hmm. who who shot your favorite MC? They did. Um, <laughs> that that like all these. So so like I actually had someone someone say uh, like a real old hippie. Um, person i knew uh my parents my parents right like uh say like you know the x-files man it's anti it's anti-progressive because like you know by sort of creating this like smoke-filled room with a bunch of white guys sitting around a table you can you know it's this sort of comforting it's this sort of comforting illusion that there is a kind of single locus that you can displace all your dissatisfaction uh with the world onto right whereas the you know, I don't know the uh, the banks and like the Rand Corporation is really controlling everything. I, this was a Vietnam veteran who you know was super traumatized by the war and like so never 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 just never restored that relationship of trust with the Rand Corporation that America <laughs> <laughs> right? you know that that uh, that makes America run. Um, that like that the idea you know the idea of kind of narrativizing you know the kind of plan of social ills as a as a smoking man or as a like a smoke fill, you know a bunch of bunch of old white guys in cigars sitting around a boardroom uh in in suits i mean smoking cigars sitting around a boardroom table right like um is almost easier than than sort of coming to terms with the fact that uh it's just um something that that uh something that Howard Zinn said once in a lecture that I, that I heard on tape or something, which was like, there doesn't actually have to be nefar- a person with a specific nefarious intent, right? Like this is just how, when the system is constituted this way, it, it pre- preserves itself, right? Like this is, this is a kind of a structural thing rather than being a, um, you know, rather, rather than being the doing of any one particular bad person. Well, and I guess that is kind of what this song does, right? Where, cause like the, um, the verses or sorry, the choruses kind of put out the kind of smoke filled room kind of conspiracy stories. And there's a, they did it. Um, but then the, the verses are a lot more of the like, Oh no, we did start the fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's cause it is a kind of this list of kind of these like pieces of pop culture. And even some of the pieces of pop culture are about, um, this kind of idea, right? The, um, you know, rapping about Martians, uh, unidentifiable large discs, tall grays, uh, pop out of the state of the art tits, uh, Tex Avery eyes, tongue like a carpet, call Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Ah, shit. Right. Um, and, but that it both, you know, all of these have these ideas of conspiracy theories, but they're also all of our ideas for this is this stream of pop culture reference. Right. And kind of, you know, and I think the quote Chris verse, um, the first verse is a lot more of a stream of kind of everything again, of, of just the, the fire hose that comes in through the phone. Right. And, right. Uh, and, and all right. The, and I think, right. 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 Um, come up off the bread and we GTG LOLs for the ELE, right. Laugh out louds for the extinction level event. Uh-huh. Right. But then that kind of also. Well, um, well, you gotta read. You gotta read the. Uh, you gotta read the lines before though. Every Eve, Dick, and Teddy yeah. got a cameo. The Daily yeah. Ho be paleo and come up off the bread, and we GTG. Yeah. 
No, but and, and, and then you got to read the line before that and the line after that, right? Because even the LOLs for the ELE, right? Uh, but then it's 17 pl- uh, plus years post Busta Bust predictions, right? Because like there was a Busta Rhymes album in the late 90s called Extinction Level Event, um, <laughs> right? And even like, right, the uh, before the every Eve Dick and Teddy got a cameo is um, like Cool James without his radio, right? So it is this, it is the. Keep, it, oh it, my God, keep. Yeah, let's just keep going. Everybody want a slice, uh, slice of the fruits of the labor pie, plus the crust is hitting, or so I've been told, or sold, one of the two. You know? Yeah. I mean, I like how we're reading this from the inside out, right? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. You started, you started in the middle. That's how you weave a really fine garment. Um, I, I mean, I think, though, it is this interesting thing where it is like the, the fact that you can start in the middle. I mean, it has like a a wiki like uh, character to it, right. That, that you kind of start at any place and you get the webs of meaning rippling out. Um, and so it makes it this kind of disjointed, um, like ver- more kind of disjointed and decentralized version of the kind of litany of, of things in, and we didn't start the fire. Right. And so I think that it, and it, it kind of the here is then ironized with the, the chorus with the, they did it is like, nah, I think we did it. And right. And that's the thing about the putting on the shades and the kind of, um, you know that the there is a kind of buying into the masking of 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 reality, right? And 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 so like you know I don't know I, I I'm kind of, I'm kind of read it that way in terms of the tension between the imagery of the smoking man um, and the imagery from They Live with the kind of kind of mind state and kind of world that is kind of depicted in the verses. I don't know what you guys kind of think in terms of the the effect that the kind of song construction has on the meaning yeah i mean i think it's it's fine everything's fine it's fine it's fine yeah no i think it's um i was thinking too about the the choice of using like amazing grace is the mess is the song that has right is the where the hidden obey message is just because like that is a song that was like from like a right i mean like the big note where if you think about that song was, was written by a slave owner who was like repenting for in, engaging in the um, engaging in the slave trade? Yeah, right? isn't it Wilberforce? Right, William Wilberforce, maybe. Yeah, and I, I think it's just interesting that that is like sort of the I don't know. I think I think there's something there about like that being like the choice for like the thing that has the uh, the you know as like the song with the hidden obey you know that the sunglasses work for. That is interesting. Um, you know, cause it's like, that is this like very public song about like repenting for like the moral huh. ills huh. of slavery. No, I'm sorry. Well, so- not John Newton, William Wilberforce was the subject of the, of the film. Amazing grace. Never mind. But it's also, sorry. and it's also though, it, right. It's the thing about the lyrics is right. I like, um, I was blind, but now, now I, I see. see. Right. right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, no, it's like, I, right. And so that's actually this idea, right. That that is kind of overlaps with the um, the idea of kind of awakening to the true nature of things from they live, right? Right, um, right. Yeah. And then I guess the kind of, I, right, and I think it goes to the, I think you're right that like a lot of the lyrics, like, right, going to this idea of the, like it ties into the idea of like the the conspiracy in the room or like the it's also i mean it's also like the most 
what's the most notable singing of Amazing Grace in the last five years that you you know that you can imagine, right? That or that you can remember. It's President Obama singing it after the Charleston shooting, right? right. And that like that that moment was such a mm. I don't know it was such a su- super galvanizing um, and complicated multi layered sort of cultural moment from a, actually from, from a figure, right? Like a a politician and and public figure who has a super, uh, who who is actually sort of a, uh, and everything's fine, like mascot, you know, because, because of the, I don't know, the, the, some of the contradictions in, in uh, his character or policies, right? Like there, everything is fine as a record that would be like, you know, gosh, you know, yeah, it was great on, on some social issues. And also that drone war that was, that was lit. Well, right. And that's, that was last week, right? That was also (laughs) U.S. girls. Right. Right, Exactly. (laughs) Drone bomb me. Um, yeah. Rachel, were there any other, um, uh, songs on, uh, on everything's fine that you wanted to hit on, um, or, or. If not a deep dive, like ideas or kind of sonic things that you kind of noticed uh, that we we haven't touched on yet. Um, no, I think I think in part I think I just find the um, I guess like sonically I think some of the things that are like interesting here are I just I do like the variety I think in like the different kind of sonic textures like there are songs like oh shit to me like has like I guess if you were gonna say it has the most like punk death grips vibe on the whole album like with the with the samples there um also the uh, scoop of dirt i think has that vibe has that vibe as well because that's the that's the beat that's just like the dun, 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 dun. it's like a i don't know it's like a didgeridoo dirge kind yeah, yeah. Of. <laughs> and then you know and then i'm a, also like a didgeridoo there it is i was like i knew it was right there in front of me and yet and yet i hadn't put on my um shades and i could not see the reality of that pointless pointless pun <laughs> right in pl- hiding in plain sight <laughs> no and i i like how like those numbers live like really comfortably alongside um like certain songs and beats that to me like sound like they could live they could like live right alongside like um like in like a like a you know like a I don't know like a tribe called quest album right like I just I, and I think that's impressive to me like how they ma- managed to kind of navigate like all these like very different sounding um kind of beats and like the tone is like fairly different like in the beats like from song to song and yet they all cohere together as an album. Gold purple, uh, gold purple, orange, having like a super jazzy, like kind of baseline and like not a very clear one. Like I don't yeah. hear a super clear downbeat. And so the, the rhythm of the rapping is pretty, pretty damn cool, uh, over that beat because you feel a little askew the whole time. Right. Or, uh, or river where there's just like a long instrumental, right? Yeah. 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 No, and I think um, I, I think I find that impressive. I think the, you know, I can you know, you guys mentioned like the everything's fine being repeated again and again. And I think, I think a lot of those interludes are interesting. I, I think that kind of tension about everything fine being both the inner and outer monologue, like the inner and outer uh, voice, is is kind of present in the interludes, particularly because I think I mean 
to me, like the Nick Offerman and the John Hodgman, everything fine interludes, um, I, I think are a good example of that kind of tension of like that being sort of by that, like by like white mustachioed men being like the voice <laughs> of right. everything is fine. I think it, it kind of puts into right it, it, it that those are sort of examples of where like the interludes kind of end up being voiced by like the external forces, like the, the voice of like ex like these external forces rather than the inner um, narrative that is trying to like calm you down. Um, and yet they, you know, they do actually have soothing voices for the most part. <laughs> yeah. They, they both really do. They have um, sonorous voices, but everything is fine. fine. Right. That's the Nick Offerman. Uh, well, that's like, I mean, Hodgman, Nick Offerman and Hannibal Burris as well. Right. Like the, the, uh, you, you, what they, you said they were the, like the alt comedy Migos or something like yes, that. That's, like, that's, yeah. what I said. That, yeah. that's like, they all have that sort of slightly, just slightly late back delivery you know yeah. what i mean like they don't get you know i don't know alt comedy uh, mark Marin or sarah silverman or some someone who like who get really in your face you know what i mean who gets super yeah, energetic what is the uh the uh the mark Marin line on his most recent uh netflix special right he he walks in sits down on the stool takes a deep inhale looks at the audience just goes i don't know what he's gonna do next right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like i mean because like that's like right mark Marin is the uh, uh, like like n- like nothing is ever fine is like the mark Marin mantra right that is his normal is just kind of like raging and churning and i mean he is he is like the, like he is like a one-man death grips right like <laughs> Um, right and i think he always answers the question like i feel terrible i'm horrible i'm horrible it's horrible (laughs) i'm sick i'm tired i'm gonna die well he's a but he's he's like almost made it a spiritual practice to do what rachel was talking about earlier and actually and actually answer the question honestly of how you know of how he is you know it's like every every hour-long special special is like it's like just like an answer to how are you doing right every uh every like you know every intro to wtf is like basically an answer to that question every everything he says in an interview no matter what question he's asked is an answer to that question right, right? and Rather so like than, and so what do, you, what do you make of the kind of the avatars here being you know being the kind of the laid back uh, being the laid back people, right? Like John, uh, John Hodgman, Nick Offerman. I actually like my favorite comedian on the record is Michael Che. Uh, I think that like, um, I think he's pretty hilarious on SNL and his Netflix special, which is, you know, I don't really watch SNL anymore until I, I looked into him. Like his Netflix special is really, really funny. Uh, and you know, but he also, he also has this sort of, uh, kind of, kind of chill thing. You know what I mean? He doesn't totally. like, and he will even like he'll flub on this, and will like flub, flub lines and just be kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that's like you know, it's great, uh, it's great not to care, uh, or it's great to be fine. You know, like Death Grips, who who I'll bet didn't even cash the check for that Riot Fest appearance. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they they did something very provocative with that check. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it it is interesting. I think that the, I mean, it's like, 
I, I think it is interesting, right? Because there is a unity of of chillness among all those, and yet there's also both varieties of those ways of of acting fine, and then ways in which that is not fine, right? Because like for, um, I think Hodgman is interesting in because he he has this weariness. There's kind of almost an eoreness to it um, that he delivers that that is really really effective, and I think it's also he says like I, I, I think that the, the Q word on the Hodgman one is like nothing to see here, right? And so he's like the normalcy cop a little bit, right? Because I, I do think nothing to see here is what you say when there's absolutely something to see, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like exactly. Like move along. Like police brutality. Yeah. Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. Exactly. And the and, and the weariness that he kind of signals indicates that he knows, right, that he kind of knows he's that he's complicit, um, whereas Nick Offerman is a little more of the like kind of I mean, he's kind of it's a very it's he's he's playing kind of the Ron Swanson character from Parks and Recreation, yeah. right? The kind of in a bubble libertarian, right, where it's like, well, everything's fine. Like if the problem's somewhere else, like what's mm. what is even St. Louis, right, is kind of, you know, the the idea. Right. Um, and and so I think that there's that uh, point. And so that I think that it is both ironized. I mean, it is funny because I'm just thinking about especially the two that were the most Prominent there um, of of Nick Offerman um, and uh, and and John Hodgman. If you like, you know, you can Google image Google image search each of them, and then also Big Brother, and they all it's all three kind of mid forties mustachioed white men, right? For all three of those, and and I think all three of those monologues have that characteristic of like a broadcast over you know a, a loudspeaker in some kind of in some kind of totalitarianism of fineness, but then I think the ways that it's delivered and kind of interacts with the music um, kind of punctures that. And I think the one kind of spoken word that we didn't um, discuss and is maybe just worth kind of ending on um, is the doing better than ever. The one that's kind of right in the middle of the album. Um, and it's, it's delivered by um, uh, Dapwell or, or um, Ashok Kondabulu, who uh, was the hype man in Das Racist uh, and is the brother of Hari Kondabulu, who's the, um, you know, comedian um, who um, does a podcast with, um, uh, with with W. Kamau Bell was politically reactive, right? And kind of is in this kind of activism meets comedy space. Um, and it, it's kind of funny because like Harry Kondabulu has this bit where he kind of says like, you know, that Das Racist was a was not a rap group. They were a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and that they were, you know, that they had convinced people that they were actually rapping and it was just, I mean, it was kind of like the Death Grips thing, right? Is that it, they played it out as long as they could um, to like be like turned into that. Um, but I think definitely the dab will right doing better than ever is like very cool right i'll, I'll read the entirety of this because i think it's 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 a stark contrast to the other kind of comedian spoken word monologues right so it's apology i was talking to my mom on the phone like the wonderful son i am not paying to, to attention to what she was saying about her day at work or something about my dad i don't really know then two teenage boys walked by and i couldn't let them hear my mom so like the one son i am so i blurted out that's wild in the middle of her sentence about her job or my dad to throw them off the trail then she stopped talking for a second or maybe it was forever i don't really know (laughs) 
it's like, I don't know, man. It is like that. That is just like in the middle of the fineness, right? And I, I like that that track is called Doing Better Than Ever <laughs> because like that is like, I think that that's an interesting snapshot of like what everything really is, <laughs> is like, is like a, a, is it, everything is like a, just a juggling act that you're failing at. <laughs> um, and that is fine. Um, this is like, and, so this is this kind of the Antonovian center of the record, right? Yeah, like where, yeah. where on an Antonov produced record, there would be a piano ballad. There would be like li- yes. liability from melodrama yeah. or, I mean, there's one on, there's one, I get, this might be the spot that praying, occupies on uh Kesha's record and and you know it's the spot that that bad at love occupies on uh, hopeless fountain kingdom (laughs) well i mean say say what you will about this record it is no hopeless fountain kingdom but that like i like it's it's also like i'm doing better than ever right like the the um there's a kind of like not exactly charlie brownish a kind of like hump kind of bass thing and then like it's like someone is like just pounding a fist on keyboard keys right on like piano keys like just you know just these tone clusters of like where the hand happens to fall when it slaps the keyboard and that is the that is the gene gray and quell chris answer to the antinovian piano ballad it's yeah yeah no totally it is i mean in that way right it is kind of like it's it, you mentioned Charlie Brown. It's as if like you know when when Snoopy is dancing on the piano, he's just dancing on the keys, right? right. And it is, yeah. And there is this kind of plodding sense. I mean, I remember, Rachel, I remember you described that beat as having that kind of Wu Tang, that kind of Wu Tangy quality, right? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it it does, and I I think there is something. I think I think you're right that this is almost. You know, I think this puts into stark relief, like doing better than ever, like the kind of premise it actually makes everything fine, look like kind of like a step forward or like progress. Because I think you're right, Ryan, that this is really the juggling act and then calling it that you're doing it better than ever mm-hmm. is really what we all are living out. Right. This is the living our best lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This or, is like the fucking yeah. like. This is the the false self we yeah. present yeah. to the world. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. in some ways, like, you know, once we are even yeah. just yeah. saying yeah. that everything's fine, we're already letting people in yeah. on a little bit of vulnerability. Yeah, because it's like when you are crushing it, it is crushing you. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, like, uh, right. Like, and, and I, I think that that is like and, and so there's something to be said of like kind of like, uh, fine it's fine mm-hmm. it's like it's like in a way like there is a sense of that's like actually weirdly admitting something right right um, I, I think there is there's actually kind of like more of an middle and you're admitting more there than not well i think this uh podcast episode was fine it was it was fine <laughs> every everything is fine but especially this Especially this, but everything is fine and fine is everything. And also, um, now that we have reached the end of this podcast, everything is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Man, well, I think that's hashtag recording my best podcast. (laughs) 
And so, uh, so help us be fine together. Uh, join us. Throw down some hashtags uh, on Twitter. Um, tag us on Facebook. Um, go to the show notes on overthinkingit.com, and we shall be we shall be fine together. Um, and and we will we will we will revel and rebel against our uh, against the condition. Um, and we will we will contemplate the uh, many contradictory natures of of fineness. Um, but it will be everything and everything will be real.